Good afternoon. We are Yuchtina. My name is uh, Christopher Tulik uh, with the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. I'm usually here as a guest and as a translator, but today I'm here to cover for Sam Berlin, who is not able to join us as our host uh, this afternoon. Um, so. Uh, we are planning on going for about an hour if we don't get that much callers, but we will go through 3.30 if we receive more callers. But uh, uh, I would like to have the guests introduce themselves. We'll begin with you, Boyd. Hey, Chris, thank you. Yeah, and thanks for hosting today. <laughs> you got uh, two yeah. jobs today now, and... Uh, yeah, my name is Boyd Blahovdi, the refuge manager at Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge, and happy to be here. It's a beautiful day. Kevin? Yes, Chris, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, very good. Thank you. I am Kevin Whitworth, interim executive director for Cuscoquim River Intertribal Fish Commission, calling in from McGrath. Uh, yes, thank you, Chris, for... Um, volunteering for the facilitation there, and uh, thanks for KYK for hosting this. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so before we get started, if you want to call in to ask a question and uh, have a comment to make, you can call in to 543-5985-543-2756, or if you're calling from the village, you can call the toll-free number at 1-800-995-8954. Or you can also email your comments and questions to radio at kyk.org. Okay, so to get started, why don't we just briefly talk about uh, the emergency special actions um, We'll begin with emergency ESA number three. So if you want to go first on that, Boyd, please do. Well, yeah, well, in, in short, you know, I know you, you have the, <clears throat> the official information in front of you, but and, and most people, I, I hope, have heard. But we, um, you know, working with the Intertribal Fish Commission, Kevin and, and the uh, representatives of Intertribal Fish Commission, we, uh, we felt comfortable with set net opportunities as as far as harvest opportunities for local folks and so yesterday uh there was an opportunity that that opened at 6 a.m and it continues it continued last night and on today until 6 p.m and those those opportunities include the chance for folks to use uh six inch or less gill nets 45 meshes deep that are 75 feet in length or, or shorter uh, attached to the bank. And um, I know that uh, from being out yesterday on the river, there's a, a lot of folks that are taking advantage of that right now. We counted 89 nets with our aerial survey yesterday. 
Um, and then we're doing our, our survey right now as we speak. Um, our pilot and biologist are, are working on that. And then lastly, um, as part of that special action, uh, is the upcoming uh, opportunity on July 3rd and July 4th, same times, starting at uh, 6 a.m. on July 3rd and then running all the way through that, uh, that holiday of July 4th of uh, uh, Independence Day and uh, ending at 6 p.m. So because we know it's a holiday weekend and lots of people off from work, we, we hope that'll be a good opportunity for folks to fish at that time too. Um, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Boyd. Um, Kevin, do you have anything add to, add to, to add to that? Not to that, uh, yeah, Boyd went through it very thoroughly, so I think it's it's okay. Um, there is another emergency special action. I don't know if you wanted to uh, talk about that one. Yes, uh, special action number four. Um, okay. Uh, if you want to go go first, Kevin, um, for right. Boyd. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. Okay, okay yes. Um, just getting it up here. So this is emergency special action number four, like Chris had mentioned, effective June 29th, 2022. So it is in effect now. It was effective uh, June 29th at 6 a.m. And this is for the Antioch box, so the waters of the Cuscombe River near Antioch from the line formed between two points, um, basically the federal waters within the Antioch box, subsistence fishing, with rod and reel, so this is for federally qualified subsistence users, with rod and reel within the Antioch box area is open <coughs> beginning at 6 a.m. June 29th until further notice. So this is for rod and reel. Two Chinook salmon per day, two in possession are allowed. All chum salmon caught must be returned to the water alive. All other salmon species for, you know, um, sockeye species, they may be retained. And that was basically it. Um, and this is also uh, emergency special action uh, that the Fish and Wildlife Service, Boyd and his fa uh, fishing staff there, worked with the Intertribal Fish Commission and in-season managers. Um, as you guys all know, in-season managers are made up of five in-season managers from the Fish Commission throughout the river. Um, that's all. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kevin. Um, you have anything to add, uh, Boyd? To uh, that? Well, no, I think Kevin covered it. Um, but uh, you know, just to remind folks that uh, that Antioch box is a special case, and um, you know, the folks in Antioch just don't have many places to set gill nets and to do the types of fishing we do here in the Lower River. So it was. Um, appealed to to the intertribal fish commission and and also state and federal staff that the the folks in that town there that village really needed some opportunity and and we were trying to to work with them on that and i think it's uh it's really going to be helpful for um families that want some some fish and maybe don't have a place to go and so i, I think it's uh really going to be beneficial for that sort of um, upper river type community. That's all. Thanks. Okay, so thanks, Boyd. Um, uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on two Chinook, two Chinook salmon 
per day and two in possession. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that we don't we don't typically deal with at Fish and Wildlife Service with these um, emergency special actions because um, we don't usually get into bag limits. It's not um, it's not typical for us because gill nets. If we're allowing gill nets, then there's there's no way really to release fish. But with rod and reel, it is possible. And so, uh, working with the Intertribal Fish Commission, we uh, we agreed that it. It seemed like the best thing to do to have a bag limit. Um, and so somebody could have two fish on in their possession and, you know, with them while they're fishing. Um, but they can have an, a fish that they previously caught the, the previous day or the day before at their residence, at their home, or somewhere that they've cleaned. Maybe they've, they've hung them to dry. And so uh, the key is, though, that they need to have... Uh, in Antioch there, Antioch box, that's all we're referring to is that special case there, um, is uh, they need to um, only have two at one time while they're fishing. They can't have four sitting in their boat while they're fishing or on the shoreline. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Kuyana, on that. Uh, so Chris. before we go any further, we have a caller, anonymous caller. You are on. Okay, uh, I I have a qu question. Uh, so since uh, the subsistence users are on the set net uh, uh, right now, I understand that the uh, set net length is seventy-five under the federal federal maybe the federal regulation. But on the state side, I think it's a 60 feet. Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. You know, there's a, a 15, 15 uh, feet uh, difference be between the pet and the state uh, uh, length and you know, if uh, if the state opens up the set net tomorrow and somebody uses 75 feet uh, uh, set net, they'll uh, issue issue a uh, you know they might compensate the uh, the net set net for over the length because of the state. The state, I think that 75 should be a standard uh, length for both uh, the state and the federal, and I believe it has to go through the regulatory process. Um, yeah, <laughs> I 
tetam iki reskaku imana can you uh, uh, Boyd, would you want to respond to that uh, that the callers sure sure and, and Kevin uh, might want to jump in too but um, I can understand confusion on these issues uh, between different regulations um, but during an emergency special action the um, the the emergency special actions that we um, announce are um, the the rules that folks would want to follow the uh, the state um, or even the Fish and Wildlife Service regulations that came out during the beginning of the season might be what the caller is thinking about because um, both Fish and Wildlife Service and ADF and G had announced uh, the set net opportunities during the front end closure that were 60 foot length um, nets and this is intended to do a similar um, for similar reasons we want to um, limit fish that might be caught in deeper water in the middle of the channel in the middle of the river we're trying to target sockeye with this type of regulation and avoid chum and um, king salmon so we really hope that people will um, as they did yesterday um, that they'll continue trying to really um, follow that regulation closely because it's uh it's really a dire situation with chum salmon and we're trying to keep them from getting captured there's still going to be some that get caught but our goal is to to uh protect the chum and the, and the kings still if, if as much as we can yeah kevin yeah chris i appreciate that callers um the topic here you know fish commission and fish and wildlife service we're trying to trying to keep it consistent as much as possible because it's difficult whenever uh, lengths of nets are changed in the regulations that you know the people have to change their nets so the less we could do that the better and if the state regs can align with the federal reg regs especially in May when there's set net opportunities um, going into June when federal opportunities start it's best if they're aligned um, so not speaking for the state, but I know through the state uh, you have to go through the Board of Fish and the proposal process, and I don't know when that proposal process starts for trying to get that regulation changed, but um, we could look that up if you'd like. But that's all. Thanks, Chris. Okay. So, uh, Chris, I think uh, if I could, I thought Kevin was going to maybe mention something else about the uh, two fish limit at the Antioch box, uh, oh. I, but I might be wrong. Uh, Kevin, did you have something else? 
I did. Thanks, Boyd. Yep. And if, is this okay time, Chris? Sure. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to respond um, just to add on to what Boyd was mentioning about that two Chinook salmon per day, two in possession. Um, you know, we had we had conversations with folks up in the Antioch area about this opportunity to use rod and reel, and they were mentioning that uh, a lot of those fish that are stacked there in front of Antioch where you can rod and reel fish, those are Antioch-bound, Antioch River-bound fish. So we um, didn't want to open it up completely because we were worried that that stock would be fished heavily. Um, and this is coming from the community and the input we got from the community there. So we went with a, a two schnook salmon per day, two in possession uh, rule instead of um, instead of just open it wide open. There was some conversation also to try to use a size limit, you know, 24 inches or smaller uh, you can keep or bigger you have to release, but we didn't want to put that burden on the fisher to have to have a ruler, have to know how to measure, all that sort of stuff. So we, we decided not to do that sort of regulation. Um, so just left that two schnook per day. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Uh, you know, it, it makes it easier for the, the rod and reel fishers to catch, get their catch, you know, yeah, uh, without adding to extra um, confusion. Um, yeah. So, all right, so what? we briefly talked about... Uh, before we continue, can you um, may maybe uh, do a brief translation in Yupik for the... the some of the elders out there? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, I want to call the emergency special action number three. I want to call the emergency special action number three. I want to call the emergency Rinchpak Adaku, June 30, 6 p.m. Umuxikluni, Ptu Wagalidung Bilrit. Doisu Magut Sayit, Mioksuki, Pitakan Rushkata, Magut Set Netet, Ptu Wagalidung, Ptu Wagaluki, Rushkuta, Magut Tarakwita, Ikasutsu, Mikun Rilata, Damakuta, Umioksuki, Renewitan, Ayaskata, Toksakuskata, Kitsuki, um, Totten Pitak and Rungai Sukluki, Honey Makutun Makun Ptuanka, Ikiwutsuit. Toysitalia King Oksap to Wagalitan Pikuninga, July three army, Iagan Sixna, six Yamunokumi. Yeah, um, Doisu Independence Day, July 4, Amitali Atakoni, 6 p.m. Umukluni, 36 hours. Doisu Kuwait, uh, 6 inch, Nurtu Daluding, uh, 75 feet, Takta, Takta Luding Damak, the chipped Knak Dogom, 75 feet, Kuwait, um, 45 meters deep, uh, Kalvungadaluding, um, <coughs> Emergency Special Acts number four. Uh, four uh, 
Federally qualified subsistence user on um, until further notice. Um, I guess uh, I guess I summarized these two quickly. Uh, salmon assessment update and we also have the Cuscoquim River in season harvest and effort estimates so uh, I guess um, I guess we can talk about with the 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 assessment uh, package here first uh, um. yeah it just came out today yeah it came out uh, a new a new ADF and G Cuscoquim River assessment packet came out, and, and there's a lot that we could go through. <laughs> it's maybe too much to go through all of it, but one thing that I always uh, look towards, and, and I think it's easy for people to understand, is the actual count of fish at the sonar site. Uh, it's just, for me, it's very it's very easy to understand and to, to grasp. There's... Um, there's a, a graph on Chinook salmon and how, ma- how many have passed uh, chum salmon and sockeye salmon. And at least uh, as of uh, the 28th uh, for Chinook salmon, there's an estimated 93,000 roughly, 93,300 that have passed the Bethel sonar. That's upriver of Bethel a little bit. Uh, for chum salmon, uh, we all know it's... Uh, looking like a really poor year and uh and that remains to be true but there has been a little bit of an uptick for chum salmon um um even with that uptick it's still uh very bleak um only 4500 estimated to have passed the sonar site 
And then with sockeye, the fish we're really trying to target right now with these opportunities for, for set nets, um, roughly 224,000 uh, sockeye salmon have passed the sonar site. Um, and that's, uh, that's a, I think, a good enough summary for me, and I'll give Kevin a chance to speak up to that. Yeah, thank you, Bart. Uh, Kevin? Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Boyd went, um, uh, he mentioned the estimates from the sonar. I could just go through the in-season harvest estimates to date, um, not including today's opener for the set nets, but so up and through the 620, the June 22nd opener, uh, we had a 12-hour set uh, drift set net opener then. Um, there was 14,000 Chinook salmon estimated to be caught on that opener, um, 950 chum salmon, and about 13,720 sockeye salmon. So cumulative counts to date, if you add up all of the set net opportunities that were in June, the early season part of June, then the three drift opportunities for Chinook salmon um, we're looking at about <clears throat> 26,000 Chinook salmon have been caught to date. And this is from uh, Tunt to Akiak, so not including um, the villages above Akiak. And for Chum salmon, the cumulative count so far is about 1,100, 700, or 1,170, excuse me. And then for sockeye salmon, the cumulative count is six, about 16,000. And and uh, I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but uh, I I believe that 14,000 estimated harvest on the 22nd was uh, real close to a record harvest. I think in 2019 there was a harvest that was a little larger, but that was right at the record, wasn't it? Yep, you're right, Boyd. So in 2019, on the I think it was the 18th. There was a drift opportunity, and it was right around 14,000 that was caught then, maybe 13.5 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Very similar to this uh, 14,000 that was on the 622. Well, okay. And, and I, I think maybe I should uh, um, add to what I was saying is a, a record during the conservation period we've been in, but as Intertribal Fish Commission reminds me all the time, it's uh, nowhere near where harvest would have historically been it's just during this conservation period it was a good it was a good day for people and i think people were pleased with uh, the harvest on that day for for chinook so okay thank you so we have a caller tim from bethel you're on hi good afternoon thank you for taking my call thank um, you you're welcome i really appreciate the uh the assessment but i'd like to go, in, go into it a little bit further I'm uh, I'm also concerned about the future future viability of the run uh, for both or, or in fact for all salmon species. But uh, my concern was, uh, <clears throat> or my question was, is primarily uh, quality of escapement, and I was just wondering what the escapement projects are showing, and possibly the ASL data from uh, from the sonar in comparison to previous years. 
I know that a lot of fishermen are saying that there are a lot of small kings that are being caught. And um, going out myself as well, uh, we had a period where we had some nice big um, 20-pounders, uh, not comparable to the 40-50 pounders in the past, but uh, bigger fish. And then uh, more recently, uh, the drift opening on Wednesday, it um, it was uh, most of the salmon were pretty small. And uh, I was just wondering what uh, uh, preliminary escapement data on ASL looks like. And uh, the other point of concern that I have is uh, since 2014, the Arium uh, post-June fishery has... Uh, their harvest of chinook salmon has increased uh, exponentially. They've uh, historically harvested uh, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 chinook salmon in the post-June fishery, but in 2014 it went up to 25,000 and has been hovering around uh, 12 to 15,000 in the more recent years. And I was just wondering if uh, the department is doing and doing any uh, genetic analysis on uh, to determine the river of origin, as that fishery may be affecting the Yukon and Tuscarora River. I'll just uh, hang up and listen. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Tim. Um, you want to respond to that, Boyd, and I, then I and can then Kevin. I can start with some general comments. I don't. I don't have data in front of me on um, a um, ASL um, information that uh, is being is being taken by our partner agencies and and organizations like ONC that are taking that information. But um, I I share the concern that Tim has over quality of the the escapement quality of the fish and size um, of chinook salmon decreasing which you know that point came up originally from subsistence users and then with the asl studies it was confirmed and and published and 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 verified if you will so i think um the subsistence users as we've seen uh, you know they observe things first and and share that information with us and is important to listen to um i mean it's all what I'm what I'm hearing is uh, all rumor and 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 it's not necessarily uh, quantifiable. But people are uh, quote unquote pleased from what I've been told on the harvest this year, and even pleased I've heard not only with the number of salmon, but um, many people out there catching, starting to catch larger chinook like they had in previous years and. Yes, I I do hear about a lot of uh, the Jack Kings, like we've we've all been worried about. But um, I was also pleased this year to hear about some of the bigger Kings caught. So that that's good news. Um, but I, I'm afraid I don't have any like hard data to share on that, and maybe that's something we can get for next week's call. Mm-hmm. Kevin. Yes, thank you, uh, Chris. Tim, that's a very, you got a very good points there, very good questions. Um, I can add on a little bit to what Boyd was mentioning. And so far right now, we don't have weird data numbers because the weir uh, are just being in place. I think some of them are fish tight. The Queefuck is fish tight. The George and Kogregluck, I believe, are also fish tight. 
Salmon Pitka Fork is fished tight to Katna. Antioch are being uh, installed at the moment. But we don't get those data. Uh, we don't see that data yet. Um, it's still early. Um, Fish and Game usually posts that data here any time now, so we should be getting that data soon. So uh, from the weir numbers, we don't know. Now, it's ASL that is being collected this year by uh, the various agencies. I know the, the village monitors, even the CBHM program that Fish Commission runs, they collect ASL data. We don't um, compile that till the end of the year. It's, it's put into a database with Fish and Game and they uh, provide that at the end of the year. So ASL data, uh, like Boyd mentioned, I don't, we don't have that in front of, our, in front of us. Um, but it is concern. Quality is for sure a huge concern. Um, as you all know, the size of the Chinook salmon is decreasing, which means a lot less eggs in the gravel, especially when we have um, smaller females getting into the spawning grounds, which means a lot less um, um, productivity in the in the stock, so that is a concern, and, and it, we're not seeing it only on the Kuskokwim. It's um, it's the western part of the U.S. Uh, are, are seeing this decrease in the shook salmon size over the past 30, 40 years. Big concern. Thank you for bringing that up, Tim. But I couldn't add much data to that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, uh, Alaska Department of Fish and Game assessment assessment package Darling มีกูคันวกจอยอะไรตรงตรงมาเด็ดอีกขึ้นก็จะอะไรตรงนี้เนาะเอ่อ <coughs> River in season harvest and harvest and effort estimate that uh, um uh 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 uh
in that that's all your your entire net not including the anchor but the net needs to be within a hundred feet of that shoreline um, we have heard reports of people with long long nets um, and uh, we understand that that is is what people uh, want to use to catch more fish but we're we're really we're trying to be careful with getting the nets out too far into the water into the main channel um, which may catch more of the chinook the big chinook that we're trying to protect kevin do you have anything to add to that no and uh, just a little bit i guess and we've heard uh, concerns of the four inch two that uh, it, they can kill uh, chinook salmon so that was part of the discussion when you know, as Boyd mentioned, that the six inch is allowed, and folks did mention that four inch can kill king salmon. Um, you know, you got die offs there that, you know, we don't have numbers for, but uh, we've heard that that is an issue with a four inch. So we did take that into consideration. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, four inch at the. Um, uh, Reclus <laughs> เอ่อตะกะฟังนะขวัสกะอีกาสุนกะอุนะจังนักนี้ลูกิตะตะมากุดกูเวชวิงอะไรตะมุกตอยเอ่อ 我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们来到这里，我们
Well, uh, it's just an abbreviation for age, sex, and, and length of uh, especially Chinook salmon that uh, is, are captured. And I'm not as familiar with that, the sonar site, what they are taking. Uh, but they're taking lots of data, not just that in there. Um, you know, they could report on that at a later date. But uh, I know ONC, is al they also have a program where they actually uh, uh, contribute uh, I believe it's five dollars for Chinook salmon that are, uh, if uh, folks would agree to uh, work with them to allow ONC to take data, and maybe somebody listening out there from ONC could call in about the specifics. But that uh, age, sex, and length is gets to the heart of what Tim brought up uh, of the quality of escapement and uh, how important it is that um, we understand what what uh, Chinook were getting back in the river after they're out in the ocean, out in the Bering Sea, because um, it's not only the size, but um, there's a lot of evidence to show that uh, fish are coming back uh, earlier. We don't have the older fish, the, the not only bigger, but older. And I think that the, the verdict is still out on why that's occurring, but there's a lot of theory about, about hatchery fish and that there's uh, competition and, and the habitat has um, uh, got issues out there in the Bering Sea. So, uh, but that's a good point, Chris, that a lot of people may not know what that uh, stood for. Thank you, Boyd. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'll just add a little bit. Yeah, age, sex, length, data. Um, that's a, I almost brought that up because I, I just referred to it as ASL and apologize for using abbreviations, but age, sex, sex length data, you know, like Boyd had mentioned, it's collected at the various different places, and um, some of it's collected from harvest uh, harvesters, you know, monitors are at villages collect it to see what sort of age, sex length of Chinook salmon are being caught, but also <clears throat> at the weirs they collect a certain percent of the fish that go past the weirs, they collect this data, the age, sex, length data, and that way folks, um, just a little bit of information that tells you what is being, um, what age, sex, length data, or, I mean, excuse me, uh, schnook salmon are going up into the spawning grounds. Uh, that's all. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, uh, Kevin. So, uh, earlier, uh, we had planned on going going for about an hour, so it is about 2.47. We have about 13 minutes left on the show, um, but um, listeners can call in to 543-5985-543-2756 or toll-free number 1-800-995. 8954, or you can send in your comments or questions to radio at kyuk.org. Um, all right, so. Okay, uh, Chris, is it okay? Bye. Sure, go ahead. So I'm, I'm hoping that people out there fishing today are just busy fishing, and that's good. They just are out there catching fish. Um, but uh, some folks who are, who are listening may be um, uh, not able to call, and they may wonder about uh, the next 
the next opportunities, what's coming next. And, uh, you know, um, I just thought I should mention that uh, we are in discussions with the Intertribal Fish Commission about uh, drift net opportunities and what uh, what further drift net opportunities should occur. Um, but I really hope that, uh, you know, maybe there's not many callers because the folks out there are getting what they need. They're getting the fish they need from these set net opportunities. And maybe uh, there won't be much uh, need for a, a lot of drift net opportunities here on out. And the, the reason I say that is because chump salmon are still at, at, at the heart of of what we're thinking about with management right now because um it just it just about can't get any worse for chum you know i mean it's almost th it's almost that there's no chum in the river it's just that bad so um we are we're trying to be as cautious as we can but i'm really happy to hear people even though we're being cautious they're still catching you know a good number of sockeye and some mm -hmm. some kings and that's that's great <coughs> okay so uh Earlier, um, when uh, Tim called, he had a concern about um, well ASL. Uh, so, down ako ni Tim mama away kalas kami ni concern on elite maguta nuksukto elite may si lakliku magunik tagayakfagan ka tauh mik mikchen ka pik length ashakot <laughs> Kosituai <laughs> Toi <laughs> Toi 
so so if if we look at i know people out there the the listeners out there are not looking at a graph but but if you can talk a little bit about the 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 observed cumulative uh Chinook salmon CPUE um as it is compared to previous years can you can you touch on that yeah um well I could go first or I uh, I feel like I've been butting in the whole time so maybe Kevin wants to go first this time on uh that question go ahead Kevin okay thank you Chris for that question um so I just brought it up. Let me get to the most recent. Um, give me, sorry, Chris. So, so to date, um, are you looking at the state's announcement? Yes. Chris? Okay. Good. So, um, to date, uh, we're getting to the time period now where if I could just follow, uh, just mention this a little bit, we're getting to the time period now where we're actually able to try to come up with an idea of a predicted end of season cumulative Chinook salmon catch per unit effort. Um, this is on that graphic that Chris, you had mentioned. Um, to date, that run is looking, uh, it's following <clears throat> pretty close to the 2018 um, and 2012 run in between those two runs. And uh, which was put us right around uh, 75,000 to 136,000 at the end of the year um, amount that had entered the river. That's not minusing uh, harvest. So somewhere between those two numbers is where we're looking at for the end of the year um, based on what we're seeing from that cumulative um, end of season catch green effort. Is that helpful, Chris? Yeah, thanks. And also, if I can add a little bit more, also the best test fish data, it says we're about 75% of the run is complete based on historic average run timing. So give or take a little bit from that 75%, but 66% uh, all the way up to 83% is, is complete if you're looking at um, a central 50% of all historic run timing scenarios. So we are getting towards the end of that schnook run. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Kevin. We have a caller, Alex Nick. You you are online. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, <clears throat> I hope you could hear me okay because um, you're loud and clear. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do have a couple of comments. First comment is uh, about run time. Uh, fish don't have any time 
it's it's you know they they don't look at their calendar and they don't look at the time you know the, the time and say it's time to go um it's uh, based on the season and how do i know i used to work as a research technician in the fish research project for alaska department of fish and game in the um uh, late 60s early 70s and we used to observe fish to spawning areas and also we used to do uh tagging by gill nets and also um you with the use of fish wheels and as a commercial fisherman and subsistence fisherman in yukon river and now for 23 years over here in custom river i do know the uh, I, I i i do have an idea how fish may be swimming in the river you know we have a lot of these barges nowadays. Whenever a barge is uh, anchored out there with their big anchors, it causes a little ball of mud under or and sand under the, uh, or maybe mud um, under the water. And it becomes a sandbar that causes the changes of, um, of the channel. And it's true around Bethel, you know, since I moved over here, there's been some channel changes here. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, in the research uh, area, you know, like um, uh, drifting areas for ADF and G, it's probably changed too as well. Anyway, my comment is about uh, fish. Um, the chum salmon is a concern. A chum salmon follows its route when when it ever it, the historical route of migration when when they swim up the the, the rivers like Cream River and Yukon River as well as spawning grounds and something that's interesting about chum salmon unlike king salmon a chum salmon a first chum salmon may be sighted in the uh, spawning area and and what's very interesting about chum salmon is then the the following uh, fo following that first uh, fish migration or rather first sighted uh, chum salmon all of the chums follow its uh, its trail if it goes under a tree no matter how wide the, uh, the spawning stream is, all of the chum salmons will try to go under the uh, fallen tree. There's something that's something interesting about chum salmon. And uh, another uh, comment I wanted to make is that uh, uh, set opportunities. I have been submitting since I became aware with my dad and as a uh, a subsistence and commercial fishermen in the lower Yukon. One thing that I know about about chum salmon, uh, rather, I'm sorry, setnet, is that uh, whenever there's a lot of fish, like there is a lot of fish out there, setnets sometimes harvest too much. And uh, it's a little hard for uh, elderly people or for people who are not experienced uh, 
said netters. So, you know, uh, I, in my personal opinion, and if I was a member of a fish commission or something, my recommendation would be drift. And only those who are unable to uh, drift uh, for subsistence use nets. And the reason, my rationale for that would be because when you drift for subsistence, you can limit how much you catch. If you want 20, you catch 20. If you want 50, you catch 50. If, if those are your limits for the year, you know, that's what your limit's going to be on the, on the uh, drifting opportunity. But for set nets in a heavy, uh, heavy run, like how it is right now for sockeye, for example, and, and I don't know how many chunks there is out there. Um, if a person wants to um, harvest 50, they might catch 150. That's the difference. And that's something that the, the um, scientists like uh, ologists should uh, consider when, uh, when uh, they cons- um, allow uh, set net and drift net opportunity. Because, um, you know, um, if I want to go out just to can salmon and catch maybe 30, 30 fish, I would go out and uh, just catch 30, and if I catch maybe 20, I would try another drift, a short drift, and see how much I catch. But that net will be out there until the until the uh, closing closing time of set net opportunity. I'll shut up and listen. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Good afternoon. Yeah, Kuyana for calling in. Uh, we are at a little past um, at. Uh, a little past our time timing, but uh, closing remarks. Uh, we'll go with you, uh, Kevin. Okay, Chris. Um, would you mind take a minute to go over uh, the last per caller's comments? Um, I could just take a quick minute, or um, or do you want to close out? It looks like uh, we can go for well. It's we are just. Uh, less than about half an hour. I guess we can go for uh, 324. Okay. All right, sir. Well, um, I guess um, I, I, I wish uh, Alex, Nick could call back in and, uh, uh, yeah, sir, go ahead, um, uh, Kevin. Okay. Yeah, Alex's question or concerns uh and uh, points, or he had a, a lot of good, really good points, he, and I'd just like to touch on a couple of them. Um, you know, run timing for fish, and he said there's no time for fish. Uh, and run timing, you know, based on the data, the assessment data that we, uh, Fish and Game and others collect, um, using the data, uh, I was referring to, you know, the cumulative, uh, the historic average run timing and those sort of things, but... Um, we use that in our in-season management meetings as well as um, uh, there's folks that are in the in-season management meetings that bring up the environmental indicators for run timing. <clears throat> like he had mentioned um, that there's other ways to base uh, for looking at run timing. 
for instance, up here in Kuskokwim and the Hunter Headwaters, you know, people up here say when the cotton trees are dropping their cotton, that's when the king salmon arrive. And I watched that this year. I watched that every year, and it, it's it's really close. It's within. I mean, it's surprising how close that is. So there are are lots of natural indicators, and our in-season managers are really good at observing run timing um, uh, and and bringing that up in the meetings. There is also Alex had mentioned the chum concern, and his uh, that is a huge concern. Um, Fish Commission, we are trying uh, to pressure AM Fisheries uh, and the Pollock Fishery because they, those fisheries they do catch a lot of chum salmon. Last year it was over two million in the area M Fishery. Um, in the Pollock Fishery is over five hundred thousand. There isn't a cap for the pollock fishery. The AAM fishery, we've asked them to, to halt their fishery in June to try to get some of those chum salmon to pass through the false pass fishery. Um, the Saners, they, they did not <clears throat> halt their fishery, so uh, we're already past 400,000 caught in that fishery. Um, <clears throat> not, a good, not good for chum at this moment. As far as the false pass fishery and pollock fishery goes, it's, it may not answer all of our questions. Or whether you know, if we if those two fisheries shut down completely, it may not bring back all this chum salmon that we um, used to historically have. But it is a little bit of of the of the issue, um, and Fish Commission will keep pressuring those two bodies. Um, AM is managed by Fish and Game, so we're asking the governor. To help here in area, the Pollock Fishery is managed by North Pacific Fisheries Management Council, and we keep pressuring them as well. And I, I do appreciate Alex's remarks regarding set net opportunities, um, in the compared to drift opportunities, so drift only, and that's something I had never thought of. And I really, uh, I'm going to have to think about that more and bring it up in our meetings for sure. Thank you, Alex. Uh, that's all, Chris. All right, thank you, Kevin. Um, Boyd, do you have anything to add to that? Well, mainly, uh, Kevin was getting to it. Uh, I wanted to go over a drift versus set net, and it, it was brought up in a different, maybe possibly different way, but we did discuss it in the Intertribal Fish Commission uh, you know, consultations that we do and talking with them that some people were um, you know, advocating that you know, a set net opportunity is going to catch more fish, going to potentially catch more chum. But I just want to point out that if for anybody listening out there, uh, you know, obviously lots of people have great experience like Alex Nick does and know how to set their net and, and monitor it so it doesn't catch more than what they need. Um, and uh, that is what we encourage is, you know, there's no requirement to set your net and leave it. Um, or to set your net the whole period of time, this whole um, 36 hour opener, you know, you certainly could fill your net with way too many fish, more than you may need. So I strongly encourage folks to, uh, you know, just set your anchor and tie up to your boat with your set net. You don't have to leave that net, obviously. And you could sit and monitor it and, um, and then pull it in when you have enough fish and, and check it periodically. Um, and that's something we haven't required, you know, for people to, to monitor or stay with their set net. 
<clears throat> like uh, Kevin mentioned, maybe that's something that should be considered in the future if we have concerns over uh, the number of fish people could uh, could catch in their set net. But I think uh, Alex brings up really good points. The, um, certainly the hope is that um, people will be responsible with their set nets just as they would with a drift net. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Bart. Uh, we have a caller, Yvonne from Bethel. You are on. Yeah, Brad, for the openings, talk about take away the burden of uh, having food for the winter and filling up our racks and our freezers. But I have uh, three questions. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, Yvonne, um, can you speak yeah. a little closer to your mic? You're hard to hear. Yes, yeah, not done. Yeah, we're on for the openings and uh, talk about the e easing the burden of uh, having food for the winter, have, having fish on our racks and filling up our freezers. And uh, I have three questions. I'll hang up and listen to them. If there's no chums, uh, will we have full closure for the month? If so... I hope uh, they give us the opportunity to set net what we call, uh, what I call dinner anyway, but uh, we have a yupik word for it, and it's called uvak. Instead of touching our uh, dried fish and uh, food in the freezer, we could get at least uh, something to eat, you know. If, uh, if there's no chums and total closure happen, and, uh, well, uh, second question, will the Fed, how long will the Fed be in control of, uh, the river, or is it going to go till August, or till, uh, the chums arrive or not, and will the Feds have control over it till August, but, uh, I hope they have future openings, and, uh, I'll listen to them, two questions, and like I said, uh, if we have full closure, think of the, we need to have that, uh, what I call dinner fish anyway, not touching our freezer food and our dry fish yet, but giving us the opportunity to get, okay, Kuyana. Yeah, Kuyana for calling in there, Ivan. Um, Boyd? Uh, thank you, Yvonne, for those uh, comments and questions, and I'm I'm glad that he's uh, out there and um, taking advantage of the set net opportunities that we currently have announced. Um, and the uh, first part of his question was about uh, you know more opportunities or whether there will be a full closure, as he put it. Uh, the uh, the likelihood is that we're going to stay in in conservation mode. Um, for chum salmon through July uh, or most of July, but we we don't know. I'm very hopeful that chum salmon will somehow um, come in in lo large numbers, but it doesn't look like that's likely. We are at the really bottom of the barrel um, with virtually no fish passage right now, and we've talked about Bering Sea issues and and um, problems with bycatch that are to blame for that, but. Um, we're bearing the burden of that, and so with working with the Intertribal Fish Commission 
the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the Fish Commission believe uh, uh, in agreement that there's a great deal of sockeye coming in to the river and that we need to take advantage and allow people to have an opportunity. So what we're doing is trying to balance uh, chum conservation with sockeye harvest. And some people are going to catch some chum. That is going to happen, and it's hard to avoid with gillnets, but we just want to remind people that all alternative methods for capturing both Chinook and uh, and sockeye salmon and, and other species are still open, and that's with retention of Chinook salmon. And I know people are catching them with alternative gear types like hook and line, dip net, and other means. We're going to continue with the set net opportunity that is going. It's been announced. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that we are talking with the Intertribal Fish Commission, and we are looking for any opportunity we can to have other uh, openers and other harvest opportunities. I'm sure that set net opportunities will be found. There will be chances to find those dates. But we're even looking at uh, the drift opportunities um, that we hope we can announce if um, we're comfortable with Chinook and chum salmon not being impacted too heavily. Uh, so I hope that answered the questions. Um, thanks. So he had, he asked another question, how long will the FET fit long? Well, uh, that's what I meant by uh, July, I think, is uh, likely to be in conservation mode, meaning that whenever um, the Fish and Wildlife Service and the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge has concerns with our, along with partners in the community here, we, we all are concerned with the, now we're, we're, we're uh, switching gears from Chinook concerns, uh, which we still do have concerns with, but uh, the most of, a lot of the run has passed for Chinook, and we're transitioning to chum, predominantly chum concerns, and the fact that the chum numbers are so low, we, every, every chum salmon really counts. We, we want to get as many to the spawning grounds as possible. So, um, And they will continue to run through most of July, and so we will want to protect them until there's uh, most of the passage has been completed, um, and then we would relinquish, uh, surely we'd relinquish the federal closures because uh, we don't have concerns after that. Yeah, thank you, Boyd. Um, uh, Kevin, do you have any comments uh, in in regards to Yvonne's uh, questions? Yes, thanks, Chris, and thank you, Yvonne. Um, really appreciate those comments and questions. Uh, there, like Boyd said, there we are concerned for chum. Um, like last year, we had chum concerns up to this point. Um, we didn't make chum escapement at the George or the Kogreglup weirs last year of those systems. And so far this year, it's looking a lot like last year, maybe a, maybe a tad better, better uh, than last year. But for sure, there are some chum concerns. Um, I can't, uh, you know, it's going to be up to the Fish and Wildlife Service and the Intertribal Fish Commission and the, those meetings, but... I can't imagine there being a complete shutdown like you had mentioned. Um, uh, last year when we had chum concerns, there was, uh, at least in the early part of July through the 18th, there was uh, several, I think three 
strip net opportunities and there was a couple set net opportunities. I'm not saying it's going to mirror that, but um, even with chum concerns last year, we did have some opportunity. And like Boyd said, there probably will be some opportunities, but I just can't see a complete shutdown. And when men Boyd had mentioned a conservation mode through July, um, we do. It is slowed down. We we right now they're drifting. Um, there's only a couple set net opportunities in place, and there's some time in between where we are trying to allow for some escapement for those whatever chum we do have. So that's that's what we mean by conservation mode. We are trying to conserve by and also allow for some harvest. Um, uh, and federal management. Um, yeah, Boyd touched that already. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, we are at about we we have about seven more minutes. Um, so, so Chris, could I say something? Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to mention, folks. You know, not everybody wants to call into Fish Talk. Um, I understand that, and not everybody likes to go to regulatory meetings, um, Board of Fish, um, North Pacific Fisheries Management Council, um, or Advisory Councils, the RACs. Those are, you know, not everybody likes to go to those. I understand that, and but you know, it's been brought up to me that there there is people out there that they are not getting their voices heard because they don't like to call in or they don't want to um, go to these regulatory meetings. It's, uh, you know, and I just want to mention to folks that if you do have concerns and you want a one-on-one -on -one conversation with myself, um, feel free to call me. Uh, my number is 907-574-0388. Call or text. Uh, I am human, so I might not respond at like 2 in the morning, um, but I am open to one-on-one -on -one conversations if you want to bring up concerns for the fishery or um, or others other concerns too so I just want to mention that thank you yeah I'll repeat your number again yes it's 907-574-0388 okay clear enough and I, I heard him say he only wants calls at 2 in the morning that's what I heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah just remember, I am human. I will be sleeping at that point, and I can respond in the morning. <laughs> uh. Okay. Um, so, let, uh, Yvonne uh, brought up a question. Which I'll translate that. Yvonne, how are you? Uh, Honey, 
i tamana toy kuka kiwa umka kiki kius hoki tamana chali umioksuku Uh, conservation mode can we touch on a little bit about the uh, sockeye run? <laughs> sure. I, uh, I think um, it's good news <laughs> that the sockeye run is um, supplementing very well what people aren't able to get as far as their need with Chinook salmon. So just really briefly, it's tracking right now, according to the ADF&G data, like a... Um, one of the higher runs, like um, the uh, 2017, I believe it looked like the, the run that was really strong. So that that is good news. Uh, it's just going straight up and very similar to Bristol Bay. You know, uh, the sockeye run there just seems to keep going up. And so um, I'm glad folks can take advantage of it and, and get some of those for their, their racks. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Kevin? Yeah, very little to add to that. Sakai's um, doing very well. <clears throat> uh, just looking at the sonar counts to date, the 2022 run is looking uh, um, even a little bit better than 2019. Sonar data, we only get, have data to 2018. It doesn't go back as far as like Bethel test fish. <coughs> Excuse me. So, But according to sonar, yes, that we are looking at a very good run. Thank you, Chris. Okay, thank you. Um, I guess we are pretty close to the the, the end of our hour. We're about a minute. Um, just a, a closing comment, if I could, uh, Chris, is just everybody remember 6 p.m. today is the, the end of the set net opportunity. Please remember to go and pick up your nets. We don't want anybody to get in trouble with the uh, law enforcement that's out there and um, hope everybody's able to get lots of fish in the last uh, about two and a half hours for today. Thanks. Okay, Kevin? Yes, thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you to everybody who called in. Um, really appreciate this, this program. Thank you to KYUK for hosting it and um, you stepping up and um, facilitating, Chris. Very good job, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, I wasn't expecting this, uh, but anyway, we will be back hopefully next week, uh, and hopefully Sam will not be too busy with his fist by that time. Oyana, <laughs> for you. listening. <laughs>